0: And so are you all. Well, this is quite a chapter, and Paul's going to wrap up Ephesians tonight with my help. So here we go. Uh, in the times we live, what a great, great wrap-up to, to think through and to, and to be encouraged by Paul. Uh, interesting, he was in the same kind of struggles that we're in, not COVID, but he was in prison when he wrote this. He was in chains. He was going through a such a difficult time. But as he as he wraps this up and he's in chains, he's in prison, remember, he said, I'm not in Rome's prison. I'm a prisoner of Jesus. You see, no matter what the circumstances are What really counts is how you look at the circumstances and how you realize that the Lord is right there with you. Which brings us to, Paul is saying to us in this wrap-up, in this chapter, every day you have a choice to make. You get up in the morning, you have a choice to make. No matter what your circumstances you can be, be in chains for Christ, you can be going through difficult times because they're they're trying to close everything down and protect people and I mean tough times. But every day you have a choice. You can try to make it in your own strength, or you can choose to be strong in Jesus. So let's look at this chapter. Finally, brothers, verse 10. Yes, that's right. That's another way to put it. There's always a choice to be made. Am I going to go down this road with Jesus or am I going to try to make it on my own? Paul says, don't try to make it on your own. Finally, my brethren, verse 10. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Whoa, that's outrageous. That's an incredible verse. If you ever underline verses, highlight verses, whatever, this is the verse to highlight. Be strong. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. So, the men who stormed Normandy's beaches on D-Day Did they come dressed in Hawaiian shirts and shorts? Oh, yeah, we're going to the beach. No. They they came with all the protection that they could possibly put on, didn't they? I mean, they couldn't get enough protection. Paul is saying, boy, do I have the protection for you because we're in a warfare. We're in a world that's broken and Satan is on the loose. You need Every bit of armor that you can possibly put on. For, verse 12, we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers. You can't overcome Satan and his demonic ways in your own strength. You've got to have the power of the Lord Jesus Christ flowing in you and through you. Ask Daniel about prayer. Daniel, uh, this is chapter 10, verse 13. Daniel's on his knees, and he's fasting, and he's praying. He's realizing he's in a war. He he sets his face to seek God. and And at the end of that time, an angel finally appeared to him saying, Your prayers have been heard. I'm here to help you and to give you understanding. And I, this is the interesting part. Look at what the angel told him. I would have been here sooner. And in other translations, the, the, the when you started praying, God sent me. I would have been here sooner, but I got hung up between here and heaven. The demonic entity overseeing the region of Persia intercepted me, and a battle followed that was so intense that Michael, the archangel, had to come and set me free. So there's Daniel, and he's going, Whoa, the battle is raging all around me. I can't do this in my own strength. Now there's a man who was after God's own heart, wasn't he? Daniel. What a great example for us. Well, according to Daniel's account, we realize that we wrestle against a foe that's very real and very set on bringing chaos all around us. There are principalities and powers and they're actually set up in different regions of the world. That's kind of fascinating. Um, The forces, the powers speak, of the bondage. And we need protection and we need to be set free. How? By the Lord and the power of His strength as we make it through this warfare that we're a part of. And we're battling against, verse 12 as we continue, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. And this speaks of demonic forces that I believe, and I was listening to McGee, and he believes that these forces are the forces behind uh, any given culture, society, the direction that we're heading, the leadership that we have. It's the only explanation for the darkness that seems to be getting darker and darker around us. McGee put it this way, Satan has a well-organized group and his organization is manipulating in this world right now. The heartbreak, the heartache, the suffering, is there plenty of that? <laughs> Everywhere we look. The tragedies of this life are the work of Satan in the background he's the cause of the great problems that are in the world today and satan is ruthless deceitful wily he only wants to do one thing he wants to put christians on the bench but i don't think he's even he's not even happy with being able to sideline christians he wants to he wants to send them to the er he wants to, them to be traumatized, hurt, hurting, battered, bruised. Peter put it this way. Remember what Peter said about Satan. First Peter five eight, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks around like a roaring lion, seeking who he may devour. He's after us. We need to be sober. We need to be vigilant. But I don't think we need to be afraid. Really, Pastor? No, I don't think we need to be scared of Satan. Why? Well, who's faithful to combat Satan's attacks? That's what Paul's talking about. You can try to make it in your own strength. But, oh, praise God, we don't have to. We can turn to Jesus. And Jesus said this, 1 John 4, 4. You are You are of God, little children, and have overcome them because he, Jesus, who is in you, is greater than he who is in the world. And remember what Jesus says, in this world you're going to have tribulation, but but be filled with joy because I've overcome the world. Therefore, verse 13, Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all, to stand. As we go through these pieces of armor, they're awesome. But I think, I believe in my heart, that each piece actually speaks of Jesus, a a different aspect of our Savior, Jesus, his strength, his power, his mercy, uh, his love, his peace, whatever it might be, he's there and protects us. So, regardless of wherever you live in this world, you can be in Rome, as Paul was, in the USA, you can be in China, regardless of who's on the throne. For Paul, it was Emperor Nero. Whatever president might be in the White House or the president of the People's Republic of China, Though Paul was in chains, and, and he was going to go to trial before Caesar, the madman Nero. <laughs> Paul says, doesn't matter. I can stand. We can stand. We can be strong because we've been given the perfect protection and defense, and that's Jesus. So rather than feeling sorry for himself, Paul was looking around at the soldier that he was chained to, and he was looking at the armor and he goes, "Whoa, that reminds me of what I have in Jesus." So he begins to tell us about that, but even more than that, you see this soldier was part of the most the strongest most invincible, the most uh powerful army on the face of the earth at that time. But Paul says, ah, what this guy doesn't realize is this. And he knew of Elisha, 2 Kings 6, 15 through 17. Though Paul is surrounded by the Roman army and chained to a Roman soldier, this is what Paul knew. When the servant of the man of God got up and went out early in the morning, an army with horses and chariots surrounded the city. And he cried, Oh, no, my Lord. He's looking at Master Elisha. Oh, what are we going to do? They're surrounding us. We have no protection. And don't be afraid, the prophet said. Paul says, through it all, stand, because you have Jesus. Those who are with us are more than those who are with them. And Elisha prayed, and I love this prayer. Open his eyes, Lord, so that he may see. Then the Lord opened the servant's eyes, and he looked, and he saw the hills full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. Don't you love that? If we could have our spiritual eyes open, I guarantee you there'd be angels among us that we could see. The Lord Jesus Himself is walking among us. And He's never going to leave us or forsake us, no matter what we're going through. So Paul says, So stand therefore, verse 14. So stand in that love of Christ. Stand in the strength and power of Jesus. And he starts off with the equipment. Having girded your waist with truth. So before the Roman soldier began to put on all of his armor, he put on the foundation and the foundation belt that everything hooked onto was that, that belt And Paul says it's the belt of truth around his waist. And the truth is God's word. When I became a Christian as a senior in high school, my whole direction in life changed. I ended up going to Biola and having the privilege of going to a Christian school. And and about midway through, my first year at Biola, I really begin to question. I kind of begin to falter. Am I a believer just because I've always heard about Christ and I was raised in the church and that's all that I know? Is this is this really true? And, and I begin to falter. And uh, evidence that demands a verdict was given to me, Josh McDowell. And I began to study about the resurrection of Christ. And for me, the most important fact in history was the fact that Jesus, number one, died on the cross. He truly died. He was buried. But then if he didn't really rise from the grave, how could I believe what he said? And I had to be convinced that it was an absolute historical fact. And it is, folks. There's no other explanation. It's one of the best documented historical facts in history. Jesus rose from the grave, and Jesus is alive. And that's the truth. That's my belt of truth. Jesus is the living word himself. He is my truth that I hang all my armor on, that I hang all my hope on. And he's alive and he's holding us together. And when I read God's word, sometimes I literally hear Jesus himself speaking to me and speaking to my heart. It's a a wonderful place that we're in to be girded with Jesus, his truth, he's alive. And it doesn't stop there. We go on with verse 14. Put on the breastplate of righteousness. If you don't really understand that through Jesus, we literally put on his righteousness. Well, you can go through this life wondering, Am, am I really going to go to heaven? You can have sad hearts, hard hearts, broken hearts. You, you, you failed to put on the righteousness and understand that it's not about you trying harder. It's what Christ has done for you. And he's set us free. And it's a wonderful freedom and liberty that we have knowing that Jesus himself is our righteousness. Paul's testimony. I love this. He came out of, a, out of a, a culture of trying to be good enough and hoping that you are good enough to please God. But this is what Paul's testimony is. Philippians 3.8 Everything else is worthless when compared with the infinite value of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. For his sake I have discarded everything else, counting it all as garbage, so that I could gain Christ and become one with him. I no longer count on my own righteousness through obeying the law, through religion, through trying to be what I think God wants me to be. Paul says, no, I now have Christ. And he is my shield. I have, be, I have become righteous through faith in Christ. For God's way of making us right with himself, it depends on faith. I want to know Christ. Experience the mighty power that raised him from the dead. I like that. And Paul goes on, verse 15. Having shod your feet, with the preparation of the gospel of peace. And of course, as I read that, one of Jesus' statements just rang out in my heart. It's John 14:27. Only Jesus can give this kind of peace. It goes way down into the very depth of our being, no matter what we're going through. Peace I leave with you, My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled. Neither let it be afraid. Paul goes on, verse 16. And above all. Well, does that mean... Now, this is most important. What I understand this means is literally above all. Covering all taking the shield of faith with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. Well, Paul's looking at this shield that this Roman soldier has and he knows how the Roman army uses their shields. And when they would march into battle and the enemy was was shooting uh, fiery arrows at them and they would Grouped together on the fronts and the sides, they would hold their shields as protection. And then all the soldiers in the middle would hold their shields up. And they had literally protection in the front, sides, and top with the shields that they were holding up. And that's the picture that Paul is, is giving us. So he's saying, you can't do this alone. You need one another and everyone needs to be holding up their shield because Satan is attacking. And we Hebrews 10:24 in in this day that we live in is probably more important than ever. And it's it's why I am so glad that we can have times like this or times in the amphitheater. And now times when we can't be out there, we can come inside and we can be together, and we can be holding the shields up for one another. Let us, Hebrews 10, Let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. Do you see the day approaching? Yeah, I do. And that's that's why the church needs to be together. Satan's fiery darts, they come at us. And when they do, just as quick as you can, call a friend. Get to a Bible study. Head to church when you can. Run as fast as you can to those that will provide a shield of faith for you and encourage you. And, verse 17, take the helmet of salvation. In this fallen world, everywhere we turn, and especially if you turn on the news, whoa, the negativity, the cynicism, the, the, the untruths, sours our outlook on our mind. Boy, do we need mind protection in this day and age that we live in. Put on your helmet of salvation. Safeguard your thoughts with God's good news. If you're a football player, you certainly don't run from the bench onto the field and forget your helmet. You're going to need the helmet. And Paul tells us, Colossians 3.2, set your mind on the things above, not on the things of this earth. Wear your helmet. Keep your thoughts on Christ. You have a choice to make. You can, be, you can be jostled in this world and begin to get your eyes off of the Lord. Or you can say, oh, Hey, wait a minute. I'm not going to get my eyes off the Lord. I'm going to choose the Lord and I'm going to live in the power of His strength. And, verse 17, The sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. And I understand that that word translated sword, it's not the big battle sword that we might think of, but it's actually the dagger. And it's a hand-to-hand combat that we're in. And the idea here is spend time in the word with your Lord every day. And when you get into that hand-to-hand battle, whatever it might be, All of a sudden, the word of the Lord, the Spirit, will bring to mind, maybe at just the right time, the right place, and the right person, you'll have that word to share with them about the love and the grace of Jesus. Meditate and study on the full counsel of the word. Walk with Jesus because he's the living word. And, verse 18, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit, being watchful to this end, with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. You know what I love about Paul? He practiced what he preached. Okay? Do you remember the prayer that he had for us in, in this book? Let's look at that real quick. It's one of the most beautiful prayers Ephesians chapter 3, verses 14 through 19. Paul says, I bow my knees. I'm praying for you guys. That he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might through the spirit and in the inner man. That Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith that you being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width and the length and the depth and the height. What did he leave out? Nothing. The width, the length, the depth, the height, to know the love of Christ, which surpasses knowledge that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Wow, what a prayer. And Paul says, you guys need to be praying for one another. That's part of holding up that shield. That's part of protecting one another. We, God has put us into a family and it's the most, one of the most wonderful families on the face of this earth. Did you know you could go anywhere in this world? And when you run into another believer, your family. Your family. It's the most amazing thing, a, a miraculous thing in this world. But right now, Paul has a prayer request for him. He says, verse 19, And as for me, this is what I want you to be praying for. For me, right where I am, in these chains, next to this Roman soldier that I can't get away from, oh, and by the way, he can't get away from me, but that my utterance may be given to me, be given to me that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel. So, if I was Paul... I'm afraid I might have said, and for me, man, I am so tired of being in prison. I'm so tired of being in chain. I'm tired of the pain. Oh, Lord, is this this ever going to get resolved? But Paul didn't say that. He just simply said, pray that I'll be bold. That I won't worry about me or what will happen to me if I'm bold and I start sharing about Jesus to this this rough and tough and mean Roman soldier that I'm chained to. What what happened when Paul started sharing with those that he was chained to? Do, Do you remember what happened? Caesar's household was turned upside down with the love of Christ, so it it's like, wait a minute, that's not supposed to happen. <laughs> it happened. There was a time in in the word where Paul says, and uh, Caesar's household, the believers in Caesar's household, madman Nero, they send their love to you. What an, what an amazing story and truth this is. They were penetrated with the love of Christ because Paul was bold, even in the chains that he was in. He says, For which I am an ambassador in chains, and pray that I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. So, wherever we are, like Paul, we are ambassadors. In a sense we need to be prisoners for Christ. We need to realize that wherever we are, whatever we're going through, Christ is with us and he has a purpose for you and for me. And we need to stop worrying about ourselves and realize, hey, if Christ is with me, I can stand right where I am And I can be bold because I want people to see Jesus in my life. And I want people to come to know Christ and be forgiven and loved like I was. So here's Paul. He's going, hey, I'm actually just fine with where I am. You might even say he would say, I, I, I know that Christ has me here for such a purpose that if I weren't here, there would be people in Caesar's household that would never come to know Christ for eternity. So I'm actually thrilled to be here. I'm a prisoner for Jesus. I'm okay with this. I've got a captive audience. They can't get away from me. They're tied to me with a chain. And by the way, that's what it really means to be strong in the Lord. Wherever you find yourself, you go, hey, I'm an ambassador for Christ. I want people to see Jesus in me, whatever I'm going through. Verse 21, But that you may know my affairs and how I'm doing, that you can know that I really do feel this way. I'm excited about being an ambassador for Christ. I'm sending Tychicus, a beloved brother, a faithful minister in the Lord, and he will make all things known to you, whom I have sent to you for this very purpose, that you may know our affairs and that he may comfort your heart. Paul says, don't feel sorry for me. I'm right where Christ wants me to be. My friend, he's going to come back and he's going to tell you, I'm doing well. I'm right in the center of God's will for my life. So, he wraps everything up with this. Peace, and of course that comes only from Christ. Peace to the brethren. And love with faith. From God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 24. Grace be with all those who love our Lord. Who love our Lord Jesus Christ in sincerity. Amen. And as I shared before. One of the things that just struck me as a young believer. And I realized that when I left the family family that I loved at the Dainuba Church. Went down to Biola. Went to a little church not too far from Biola as a, a youth intern working with junior hires. Got to know the other folks in the church. I just felt like I stepped from one home right into another home. It was incredible. I felt like I had known them all my life. And wherever you go and you meet people who know and love the Lord, you just feel like you've known them your whole life. Those that are sincerely loving Jesus Christ, they're brothers and sisters in the Lord. There's nothing like it. So, to wrap things up, Maybe you're like one of my kiddos that we sent off to junior camp. We, we, we may have a hard time remembering to put on all of our armor each day. So we send one of our kiddos off to junior camp, and we send him with a, a suitcase, and it's full of clean clothes. He's got five pair of socks, five shirts, five you know, changes of pants, five changes of underwear. That's pretty important. When he gets home, he brings the suitcase. We open the suitcase. Neatly stacked in the suitcase. Five pair of socks, five shirts, five pairs of underwear. We go, did you change your clothes? No, I was too busy. There was too much going on. Oh Well, I have a suggestion for you. Instead of worrying about changing and putting on the armor and all of those things that Paul's talking about, do something a whole lot simpler. Just remember to put on Jesus. Okay? Because he is our truth, John fourteen six He is our breastplate of righteousness, and there's a lot of verses that could cover this Romans thirteen fourteen. He guides our feet into peace and gives us a peace that the world can't give us. He's our shield of faith. He is the captain of our salvation. He's the helmet that protects us. He is the Word made flesh. He's the sword of the Spirit in our lives. He battles for us in prayer, praying always on our behalf. So remember Paul's prayer? What a beautiful prayer. Do you remember how he ended that prayer? And what a wonderful way to close this book. As Paul closed his prayer, he focused on Jesus. Let's do that with Paul. Ephesians 3:20 20 and 21. Now to him, Jesus, who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we ask or think, according to his power that is working in us. To him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus to all generations. By the way, that includes us, doesn't it? Yeah. Forever and ever. Amen. The main thing is to keep the main thing the main thing. And the main thing is yeah, you got it. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for There he was, a prisoner for you, an ambassador in chains. Didn't faze him. Lord, here we are. We have chosen to be your prisoner. We want to be your ambassador. or wherever we find ourselves, we trust that you are with us. Lord, give us the boldness To live for you and to let people know about you. That your love, your gospel, your truth might penetrate this dark world that we live in and penetrate hurting hearts. That they might come to know you and be set free like we have been. That's our prayer. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, God bless. Thanks for being here tonight.